Okay, so what we have, we're in Romans chapter 8. I like to do some teaching as well, um, and then I'll share a little bit more personal stuff, um, maybe a little later, okay? Awesome. All right. <clears throat> uh, let's go back to uh, verse 35 of, um, yeah, let's go to verse 35 of uh, Romans chapter 8. I love the book of Romans. I love Romans 8. Uh, and remember, uh, as you can today, try to uh, read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 together uh, as, as a unit because it's, um, it's important. I mean, the whole letter is not written with, with breaks like we have here in English, but um, like because, you know, Paul's talking about we've been justified by faith. We're all sinners. And um, he said that we all were sinners and that, uh, you know, Christ died for the ungodly. He goes into the law, and then he ends up going into, um, you know, the, the 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 struggle that we have within to be um, what we what we are called to do, and to do what we're called to do, with the aspect and the and the uh, knowledge that sin keeps us away from our destiny. It's an intruder. And, and all we have to do is just repent of that. And then he talks about that there's no condemnation. And then later on, he says that uh, we're uh, we God, who is the judge, has given us the final verdict on the trial that 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 is coming against us by the accuser of the brethren, and that um, and that is that we are not guilty because of Jesus. So let's go to verse 36 again. We did a little 35 uh, yesterday, and I just want to just kind of reiterate it because it's really powerful. Anyway, it says, who could ever separate us from the endless love of God? Uh, the endless love of God's anointed one. Absolutely no one. Who can separate us from, from the love of Christ? Absolutely no one. There is nobody and nothing that can ever separate us. And then he goes into this list. For nothing in the universe has the power or the ability to diminish his love toward us. Troubles pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Well, what about persecutions, deprivations, uh, uh, nakedness, hunger, you know, uh, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. They are, they are all powerless. They are, um, can I say, castrated of power They are castrated of all power to hinder the eternal, unconditional love of God. All right. Everybody wants a condition. I hear people arguing that, um, you know, and, and I'm going to get on this again. I, I hear people arguing that that God's that the word unconditional love is not in the Bible. I can I can guarantee you that it is. It's just not translated into English. But uh, it, it totally is in the original language. Now, remember, the Bible was not written in English. The Bible was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And you have to look in the words and what they mean in order to see that God's uh, unconditional love. Like he says to Peter, Peter, do you unconditionally love me? In other words, do you love me just for who I am? And Peter says, I love you like a friend. Okay, so those words are in Greek. They are, Peter, do you agape me? Um, one, one person described the word agape as disinterested benevolence. In other words, 
He is pouring out love with no interest of having anything returned to him, okay? And then Peter says, Lord, you know I phileo you. I love you like a friend. I love you like a brother, okay? And then Jesus says to him, hey, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you like a brother. And then he says, okay, Peter, do you love me like a brother? And he says, Lord, you know all things. And Peter was frustrated. But remember, Peter denied Jesus three times, and Jesus had to redeem those three times out of Peter by asking him three times if he loved him, which I have no doubt that Peter did. Okay, let's jump to uh, verse 36. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake. All day long we face death threats for your sake, O God. We consider to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Okay, that's a re reference to Psalm uh, 42, that that, um, that stuff. Now, you have to understand that, uh, and I know a lot of people will, will, will disagree with me here, um, but I don't really care. Um, basically, we are becoming a nation that is going to persecute uh, people of God. And, and I'm not talking about... Um, you know, I'm talking about Christians specifically. We are we are endangering. Uh, we are in danger if if it hasn't already started. We are in danger of losing our First Amendment abilities and freedoms uh, because of um, because of what's going on around us. The socialist uh, extreme left uh, in our country are trying to take away uh, all rights of all the citizens so that. We can become like a communist nation, specifically at this point, China or something like that. And, um, and, and, and so, well, pretty soon, if we're not faced with death threats now, we are going to. They're, they're you know, hindering church services. They're hindering groups, group meetings, you know. And, and, and believe me, I don't care if a church has 10,000 people or one, uh, 10 people. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but, but the point is, is that, that we are in a position where church meetings and especially worship is going to be hindered. You know, many of you know Sean Foyt, who's going around the country and and and, and worshiping. Well, they're coming against it. Uh, I made the suggestion, not to Sean personally, but I made the suggestion they should call it uh, they should call it worship riots, and uh, and then this way they'll have the freedoms because um, the crowds that he's drawing. And people that are being saved are annoying the extreme socialist left, and and what's happening is that they want to shut that down. You know, we have um, we have uh, mayors in the nation, uh, governors in the nation that are under lawsuits now uh, for for uh, <clears throat> breaking the constitutional right of the First Amendment. And whatever you believe about COVID doesn't really matter. We still have rights, and and those are one one by one they're being taken away from us. And we're going to be faced all day long with threats for God's sake. And he says, in this world, you will have stress, you will have troubles, you will have persecution. And But he says, um, right after that in John, I think it's John 14, 33, he says, in this world, you will have, 15, 33, you will have persecution or um, you will have troubles, you will have anxieties. But be of good cheer, take courage, because I have overcome the world. Okay, I have overcome the world system. The Antichrist system is in motion at this moment. Okay, um, and we have to recognize what's going on. And then the Antichrist system is what's 
You know, it, it's anti-anointing. It's anti-Jesus. It's anti-Holy Spirit. Uh, all of this stuff is at play right now. All right. And, and, and you can't close your eyes to it any longer. You have to recognize that. Um, the, the protection of our children are, is at risk. Okay, they're, 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 you know, so we have to, you know, um, uh, child trafficking is starting to be exposed for what it is. And God's exposing it. And the Bible says that, that no, there is nothing hidden that will not be exposed. And God is going to expose all of this and everybody involved. And then we need to repent and we need to come back to who Jesus is. But in all of that, it still doesn't separate us from the love of God. Hunger is not going to do it. Nakedness isn't going to do it. Okay? Um, uh, you know, pains, troubles, tribulations, dangers, death threats. They're never going to separate us from the love of God. God will love us. Even if you are the person giving the death threat. God lo still loves you. I'm wearing this shirt. Jesus loves you. It's backwards. But Jesus loves you. It's true. He loves you. Yet in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all, for God has made us more to be more than conquerors, uh, and his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. Now, love has made us more than conquerors. And how does it do it? It does it in four ways. It does, no situation in life can defeat us or dilute God's love. God's love is eternal. God's love will never fail. And also, God's love never changes. Okay? Secondly, we know that divine love and power work for us to triumph over all things. God's love and God's power work for us to triumph. So we overwhelmingly conquer. We don't just conquer, but we overwhelm. It's not even a match. It's like if um, if we had every all-star um, alive today um, playing baseball or hockey or whatever, playing against you know, um, newborn babies, that would be an overwhelmingly conquering victory. And that's kind of what, what he's talking about. Uh, number three, we share in the spoils of victory of every enemy that we face. And that's from Isaiah 53, 12. We, you know, you have to, and, and, uh, and this is the thing, I had a vision one time where, um, where there was a scepter up against a tree. And, and I, was, I was visiting with the Lord and, and, and there was a scepter against this tree. And I, you know, and, and I asked the Lord if I can have it. And he goes, yeah, it's yours. So I take the scepter and it was huge scepter. It was this big thing and it came down. And uh, there was a big sphere on the top that could be unscrewed. And I unscrewed this top and um, I, poured, I poured out the insides. And it was little, little um, um, figurines um, knickknacks, things like that. And I go, what are these? And he says, those are, he, he called them spoils of the victories of my battles. And they had a little, you know, what, what the battle was that was fought. And, um, and, and, and I don't know if you knew this, but in the scepter, they, they would put the inside uh, something of a remembrance of a country that they had conquered and they would put it in that thing, in that scepter, and it would be there. So when the king held out the scepter, to you, then what happened is he was saying that my victories are your victories. Okay, and and he was he was uh, setting setting it out for uh, for Esther for other people 
who um, who come to him and he says, my victories are your victories. And that we have been given through that the keys of the kingdom. And whatever we bind on earth already is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Okay. And then, um, so in, in this thing, and I noticed that on the little um, figurines, some of these battles that I had won, and, and uh, some of them I had lost. And I, and I asked him, I said, Jesus, what is this? I lost this battle. I know I lost that battle. And Jesus just said, well, no, that's when you gave up. You just, you stopped fighting and allowed me to do that for you. And I won that battle for you. All of the battles that you face, God brings about the victory because you share in all of his victories. Okay. We share in victory spoils of every enemy we face. That's Isaiah 53, 12. And then lastly, that we have conquered the conqueror with merely a glance of our worshiping eyes. We have won his heart. So here's the thing. In Song of Songs, and we talked about that at nauseum previously a few months ago. And, um, and, and we went through it. And, and a couple of times he says, one glance of your worshiping eyes and I am undone. You have conquered me. And, and Psalm, and I want to read Psalm 23. Um, I, I love this. I just love the Passion Translation. Um, he says in verse 4 of Psalm 23, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. God has already conquered us. We have already conquered him. Okay? And, and, and so we have to recognize that. We have to see we have already conquered the Lord, and he has already conquered us. Why am I in Proverbs? I'm going to read this out of Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 9. God's talking here. Jesus is talking and he says, For you have reached into my heart. With one flash of your eyes, I am undone by your love. My beloved, my equal, my bride. And, uh, and, and, and chapter 6, verse 5 basically says, the same thing. And I love reading. It says, turn your eyes from me. God is talking. He says, turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. I can't resist the passion of these eyes that I adore, overpowered by a glance of my ravished heart, undone, held captive by your love. I am truly overcome for your dying devotion to me has yielded the most, uh, to me is the most yielded sacrifice. We have conquered the Lord and he has conquered us. Okay? So that's what he's talking about. We overwhelmingly conquer. Okay? And given us these victories over everything. <clears throat> so now I live with the confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. And then he goes on and we'll pick up uh, the rest of this um, tomorrow. But... Hear, hear, hear what I'm saying here um, and, 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 and understand that God 
wants us to understand that he loves us. We go through things, but it doesn't change his love. Okay? I've had, um, I've had some hard times. I've had some good times. I've been thinking about stuff. Hi, good morning, Deborah. And, 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 and doing all of these things, I recognize that he loves me unconditionally. There is no condition for his love. And in that love, he causes me to overwhelmingly conquer. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that just like get you all excited? It does me. I get all excited. Anyway, that's all we're going to do today. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and understand that, that um, yeah, God's got this all together. And whatever you're going through today, that God's going God's to take you through. Just worship him and, and keep your eyes focused on who he is. Okay? Anyway, God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.